Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Jimmy Carter's one years, uh, Barack Obama's one. So it's like why we love these people and admire these people when it comes to the art form that we know that is spoken word. Like mm-hmm. that's not it. So we need to fix this. Mm-hmm. Like they should have their own category, but this isn't spoken word. So um, so I've been working diligently for the past five years to get them to split the category. And um, and and part of that, part of the, getting them to split is just showing that poets are out here. We're doing our thing. We have albums that we're producing and and uh, and and we have albums that are that we're able to submit. Mm-hmm. So um, so this past this this year, like we went on a huge campaign. I set up a meeting with the Recording Academy and leaders in the spoken word community. So you have folks like Jessica Care Moore and Malcolm Jamal Warner and Brandon Leak and, uh, and, and Black Ice and um, Sonny Patterson and Talam AC and all these you know folks on the call, heavy hitters that could um, uh, Red Storm, folks who could one learn about the process, but two ask questions, voice concern, and um, it was a very very positive, powerful uh, um, meeting. And, and then from there, we we uh, just went on a campaign to inform poets, like, look, mm-hmm. you got an album done, make sure you submit it. If you don't have an album done, you need to get one done because we need to show the Recording Academy that we're out here so mm-hmm. we can get this category split. And then every year you see five poets nominated mm-hmm. and a poet at home a Grammy. Like, that changes the game, in my opinion. Right. Right. So um, not that we need validation, but it helps shine a light on this incredible art form it's a huge platform it's the biggest right. night in music everybody pays attention to it right. and, and and it's it's, it's dope it's incredible so let's let's uh let's align when, when we mm-hmm. can align and and let's let's take over our category it's, it says right. that's word that's what that's us so let's right. go let's go get that Find a way, find a way. Ain't get no time now. You in the way. Hey, 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 it's Christoph Jenkins of the Poet Life Podcast, and I am very honored and excited to have Grammy nominated Jay Ivy. How are you, sir? Man, doing great, my brother. How you feeling? I'm excited, man. I'm great. I'm doing well. And and you know, this is our first time. Uh, Poet Life Podcast and our audience having a Grammy nominated spoken word artist guest on the podcast. So I'm very excited, man. I'm good to go. That's love. Appreciate yes, you. Indeed. Yes, indeed, man. So talk to me, man. I want to start from the beginning. You know, where where did poetry come in for you? Man, poetry started uh, for me in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very natural, organic beginning. Uh, my my English teacher, my junior year, her name was Miss Argue. And what I learned is you're not gonna argue with somebody named Miss Argue. <laughs> and uh, Miss Argue had us write a poem for homework, and I wasn't I wasn't into poetry. Like uh, I'm a hip hop baby, so mm. MCs, the storytellers, those those are my poets uh, that I turned to. But I didn't look at uh. You know, I wasn't exposed to poetry outside of Maya Angelou and Langston Hughes and Shakespeare, you know, the the, the the poets they taught us about in school. Yep. 
So, um, you know, I, I'll go home and write this, this poem, do my homework. And at the time, you know, I was good at writing notes to girls, but, you know, I didn't think of myself as, as uh, having a gift or anything like that. So right. I go write this poem because I really wanted to get outside and go hoop with the fellas. So I'm like, let me get this homework done. Yeah. And I saw some clouds outside the window and so I'm writing this poem called It Once Was a Cloud. And it's about this cloud changing forms or whatever. And, you know, the game we all play. Yeah. And uh, and I come to class the next day expecting to turn it in because that's what we did with our homework. We turned it in and Miss argues she surprises everyone, makes everyone read their poem in front of the class. Ooh. I was a very shy kid and had confidence, anything like that. And um, I performed this, not performed, I read right. very fast. I read read this poem. Yep. And then uh, after the class, Ms. Argue pulls me to the side and she gives me an A on the poem. And I wouldn't get no A's or B's. So I'm like, oh, wow. So then uh, she said, you have a very nice speaking voice. I have a talent show coming up. I want you to do this talent show, perform in it. I'm like, no, nah, I ain't trying to do that. So I didn't do the show. A few weeks goes by. Ms. Argue approaches me again. She said, you know what? Last time I asked you to do a show, you faked me out. I have another show coming up. And this time I'm not asking you. You have to do it. Ooh. And, uh, Ms. Argue makes me do a show. My first time ever on stage, I got a standing ovation. And it was just life instantly changed. It was like, Ms. Argue, when's the next show? When's the next show? Ooh, challenge. So, yeah, after that, like after having that moment and seeing that people actually heard me, people actually saw me and would actually listen to me. Right. And, and then respond the way they did. You know, I'm looking at a room full of people standing up clapping for me. It was uh it was life changing. It was life changing. Mm. So after that, it was man, how can I get that feeling again? That's good. That's good. You know, you and I are very similar in that way as far as origin. Mine was first grade, and my teacher asked us or told us to to create a poetry book, not to write a poetry book, but to create it. I'm talking about binding. Uh, uh, the paper, staple it in there, everything. You know what I'm saying? And I got an A on it. And I don't know where that book is, but but right then and there, I was like, "Yo, this is this is interesting here." You yeah. know? So 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 from there, you so you went almost straight from writing to performing as well because of Miss Argue. Yeah, yeah, it was right away. Like. I mean, in between that time, my mom, she was, uh, she's retired now, but she was a nurse and she was a supervisor at her dialysis unit. And every month she would put out newsletters. So when I got that A on that poem, I took it home and, you know, I'm like, Ma, look, I wasn't getting no A's or B's. So I'm like, look, I got me one. And, right. and she read the poem. She was like, wow. She was like, you really have a gift. And that was my first time hearing that. And she asked me to write a, write a, another poem for her newsletter mm. so i wrote this poem called uh the true meaning of life and and ultimately my mom's became my first publisher she put she put the poem in a newsletter and then i started getting feedback from her her friends and co-workers her patients um and it was it was uh it was just this positive positive feedback but but the stage is what really, really had my attention. That that was like instantly, like in my mind, 
I, I realized I was good at it. Mm -hmm. Writing, I was still growing that confidence, but the stage, it was, you know, I went from zero to a hundred. Um, and, you know, and, and, and then we were doing a lot of different shows. So from that point, like any assembly we had, any talent show, Black mm -hmm. History Fund, mm -hmm. Kwanzaa show, anything we were doing, Martin Luther King assembly, right. anything that we had in our, in our school, I was, I was either the speaker or I was emceeing. So it was like the stage instantly had, had me, uh, had me at what's up, you know? Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And then it, then the, the poetry or the writing side of it, as far as the confidence goes, eventually. Go. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So poetry sounds like to me gave you or, or helped you build your confidence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Gave me um, a, a ton of confidence. It broke me out of my, uh, my shy uh, shell that I was existing in that, that, uh, that existence of feeling, again unseen and unheard mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh I, I was you know my folks around the time my folks had divorced so mm -hmm. I guess subconsciously I was I was dealing with 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 that pain with that uh feeling abandoned and all that right. so there were a lot of different things that um prevented me from just being outspoken and and comfortable in my own skin right so poetry was was the uh was the healing factor for that it it uh piece by piece it showed me who I was it um it opened my mind up to oh wow you you know you, you you're creative and there you have intelligence and there there's these there are these amazing stories inside of you that people are responding to and loving right I just I just man it was just I had to keep writing right write poem at the poem at the poem and and then I and then okay where's the stage it, it, it was just this this uh this cycle that i found myself in that i loved it was mm. this passion i was just chasing this passion and uh and discovering this new purpose did you know that you had a passion for the stage before no poetry idea. no idea like i mean when i was a shorty my, my uncle he he was a, a pastor and he would have uh uh these church plays and recitals and recitals yeah <laughs> me and my cousins you know they have us have us in these plays mm -hmm. um and then i went to i went to this amazing school called Manuel christian school on the south side on 83rd and damon and and we would have um like every at the end of each week um uh, what do we call it? it wasn't called a recital uh oh what was it called but any every class would have their uh would do a show at the end of the week every Friday. So, so maybe it start, you know, first week, first grade, next week, second grade, third grade, go up to eighth, and then it come back. Um, so every everybody did two two uh, two shows. It wasn't. I'm trying to think what we called it, but anyway, we had these two programs a year that we would do. But I was always, you know, tucked in the back trying to trying yeah. to sing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I totally hear you on that, man. So, yet yeah, no, for myself, I, I was definitely one to love to write, but I never caught the passion for the stage, hmm. you know, and I got caught in that um, thinking that as as a poet, if you're going to call yourself a poet, you have to perform, you know, and so so um, and that's what I love about poetry is that 
you don't necessarily have to be a performer to be a poet. You can be a page poet that simply gets published and, and writes books and things of that nature. Um, uh, but for those who have the passion for the stage and feel the need to really share it verbally, then, you know, by all means, you know, I want to get across to poets across the world that poetry is, is so diverse. I don't want to say unlike other art, but because poetry comes in so many forms, right? Uh, you can do it in so many different ways. Absolutely. For I mean, sure. it's, really, it's really what's on your heart and what mm -hmm. uh, was was driving you for what was uh, was calling you. What because uh, I mean, it's it's an undeniable feeling. You know, mm -hmm. when when it's there. You know, when um, like certain ideas just hit your spirit and and you have to act on it. Mm -hmm. So for some, that that may be. Um, uh writing writing works for for books for some it mm -hmm. might be uh creating music um creating albums for some it might be theater creating works yeah. for the stage um or just or just rocking just rocking poetry you know uh, some become spoken word artists and want to take right. that take those works to the stage so it, it really just it depends on what what calls you what what you feel um your purpose lies and where where your where your desires are, yeah. are just pulling you to you know that yeah. undeniable when you can't deny it when it's that's that's usually the direction you should be moving in yeah yeah the other part that i heard from you that really tipped it for you was your mother mm -hmm. that one person that saw it in you yeah you know because a lot of people don't have that you know what I'm saying? They got to go and bump their head here. Oh, that's not it. All right, let me go. Oh, that's not working. You know what I'm saying? And for years, you're just trying to figure it out yourself. But to have someone that says, that's a gift. And yeah. then it clicks in your head. I never thought of it like that. You know what I'm saying? So what, what did that do for you? I know you spoke to it a little bit, but like, you know, in hindsight, looking back, you know, what do you think you would be here? if your mom didn't see that in you? Um, I mean, if I was, it would have been a much longer road. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I, I feel like what's meant is, is meant. Mm -hmm. But having my mother, I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's my heart. That's my, that's my, my hero. That she's the one who, who raised me up and, and cared for me and my brothers and looked out and always, always has a wise word um so to have her and she's very blunt and honest she's she's uh she's sagittarius so she, she speaks what's on her mind and give it to you real yeah and to have her see something that i wrote and and tell me and you have a gift that it definitely i mean that that hit me in the core of my soul that that mm -hmm. it, spoke, it spoke volumes and 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 smack me in the face and like oh wow like this this is something special i thought it was just an a on the paper but right this is something special it's it's not maybe it's not just me being good and writing notes to the girls i like maybe it's mm -hmm. maybe it's it's more than that right so so to have that it definitely added a lot of jet fuel <laughs> you know mm -hmm. i was taking off but 
but uh that that seed that she planted was actually mm. some jet fuel for for the liftoff yeah that's so good and that's a good segue man because uh a lot of people are getting those confirmations and those affirmations that this is really like what you wrote what you performed is really good it may be more than just a hobby for you you might want to look a little deeper into it you know what i'm saying and and i think uh you know a lot of poets kind of teeter-totter because for so long so many people said you know there's no money in poetry i i don't know if you can do that as a career or even a side gig you know what i'm saying you might just want to keep that in your notebook i don't know right you know what i'm saying so so segue wise how or when did you figure out that you can do a whole lot more with your poetry uh and not just perform you know at, at this recital this this talent show how did you know you could do a whole lot more with your poetry um i mean i was always somebody who dreamed very big mm. so even before poetry i had i had big dreams even though i didn't know how to get to them um or if if they could become a reality but i still you know big imagination and and i always felt i always felt that i was put here to do something special um so me just chasing that feeling and and falling in love with 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 poetry and falling in love with the stage mm -hmm. it was it was a it was a um it was a one it was a constant one thing led to the next i would do this show and that would introduce me to this person and that person would invite me to another show and and you know so it was these opportunities that that would unveil themselves because i was committed to moving in this path like i i i had this love and this 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 passion that i had to i had to move forward with and it really just it took over my entire existence from what was on my mind to uh the conversations i had to um me being in class writing the paper and that paper turned into a poem i just couldn't i couldn't shake the feeling mm -hmm. and and one of the i'm working on this this project right now uh this documentary uh, about kanye mm -hmm. it'll, be on, it'll be on netflix in in february and and through that we've been having a lot of there's a lot of conversations and one thing that um there was this quote that popped in my mind maybe a month ago that says um instincts are the seeds of our purpose mm -hmm. you know, like we when when you're young and, and not even necessarily young but in those seasons or the, those chapters in your life where you feel lost and you feel like you, you're trying to find you know discover who you are and what it is you you'll put here to do um like why why do i have why do i have you know this this set of this skill set these set of gifts and um, why am I surrounded by the people I am and doing the mm -hmm. things I'm doing? Whatever it is, is it's um to me in my mind, what I've noticed in my life is that instinct, instinct is is even when you don't know, mm -hmm. instinct will guide you. Like you'll get those signs, you'll you'll meet these people, you'll you'll be moved or or drawn to these places. And it's it's your instinct, instincts become the seeds of your purpose. They are the things that that push you along, pull you along to help you um, discover what your 
purpose is or realize what it is. And early on, as I'm moving around, my instincts, they just kept mm-hmm. pulling me to different places. I remember doing a show uh, where I had an opportunity to open up for Kevin Powell. Uh, this Kevin Powell was on The Real World, and he was writing for Vibe magazine. And he, I mean, Kevin is the man and was the man then. This is like the late, like late 90s. And he came to Chicago to do a show, and I ended up, I, w- I think I wasn't even, I wasn't, I know I wasn't old enough to get in the club. Somebody got me in, I think I was 19. They got me in the club and I had an opportunity to perform, open up for him. And, and Kevin, he came on stage afterwards. There was a few folks that had performed that he came on stage and he was like, man, he was like, who was that young brother doing that poem called my streetwise brother? I was like, I'm shocked. Like, I'm like, yo, that's me. Wow. And he was, oh man, bro, that was amazing. Keep doing your thing. I'm gonna be looking for you. I'm like, oh wow. And then so then we connected. And I remember him telling me he had a uh he was doing a he was part of it was a Atlanta like arts festival, I think it was the name of it. It was this big arts festival. Mm-hmm. He was like, Man, if you get to Atlanta, I'm I'm hosting this show, man. Come on through. I'm like, oh, work, yeah, absolutely. So when time came around, I'm still young and uh, barely had a job, had a little part-time job. I ain't had no money, but I got enough money to get on the Greyhound. I got on that Greyhound bus, and I, I took that however long that, that trip was from Chicago to Atlanta on that Greyhound. And when I got there, it was just I had enough time to get to the show and, and catch the end of the show, and I performed. And after I performed, I had no money for no hotel. I ain't know nobody in Atlanta. So I walked right back to the Greyhound and got back on the bus feeling like a million bucks, feeling like like feeling incredible to know that I had an opportunity to to perform in front of somebody who I looked up to mm-hmm. and to perform in front of a, a room full of other folks who, who weren't exposed to my art. And it was just an incredible feeling. And it, there were moments like that that kept driving me to, mm. to just perform like it was it was it was just about sharing this art that's all it really was about like, like mm-hmm. how, how can i like what stage can i get to what's it oh man they doing something in philly let's drive out there oh uh, my buddy hooked up a homecoming performance at, at uh winston salem state i'm gonna drive down there all oh, my people got something at university of illinois i'm gonna drive over there i'm i'm gonna keep it keep it moving mm-hmm. figure out how to how to um perform and and share this work and I remember the first time somebody gave me $25 and, and me being completely shocked. Like, you gonna give me money to perform? Like, I mean, this is, I'm years in and and it was like, wow, you gonna actually pay me to do this? Like, this is what I love to do. You gonna give me money to do this? And and then from there, it, um, it, uh, it slowly became not just a career where, where, um, where I'm just performing for the passion of it, mm-hmm. now I can I can support myself, and and it, I can pay some bills, and mm-hmm. and it just kept growing, and and the name kept growing, and and the opportunities kept growing. So it's just to me, it's really just just um, committing yourself to it. And everybody's path is different, right? Everybody's, everybody's path is different. That's why people ask me like, what like what's the blueprint? And to me, everybody's blueprint is different. It's right. Different. Right. But the key, the key to the blue to everybody's blueprint is to not stop. Keep going. 
keep going. You got to keep going. That's good. That's good. And as you keep going, you you because what I keep hearing is as you're talking, um, the connecting dots are the relationships. Absolutely. It's the relationships because you said, all right, cool. This university here, the, this city, this state over here. I know somebody over here that's doing this over there. Let me reach out. So it's the relationships that you're building, but but you're also in that process perfecting or or improving because nothing is perfect. You're improving your art. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's time to create an unforgettable experience at your next event with The Poet Life by booking a keynote poet. Poets excite your audience with motivating messages, charismatic delivery, colorful rhythm, powerful prose, and heart-filled stories with a style of spoken word that's tailored specifically to your event. The Poet Life has keynote poets in your city of all ages and backgrounds. Visit thepoetlife.com to learn more and book your poet today. Yeah, So, but it's so wild though. You said 18, 19. So, wow. So you were super young, um, grinding. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I didn't look at it like that, but that's, right. That's exactly what it was. You was going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I started performing. You know, my junior year, I was, I was uh, in high school. Yeah, I was fifteen, going on sixteen when I started. And then after after high school, I went to Illinois State. Okay. And at Illinois State, it was, I, I get on campus and and I'm trying to figure out how to get back to the stage. I remember I, I went and talked to the uh, to the speech team coach, the speech team coach. He he um he uh he was gonna give me a spot on the team, but then Ooh. at the same time I ran to one of my buddies who I used to run track against, and and he he uh he was like, man, you should come out. I was running hurdles, hurdles and high jump in high school, but I, hurdles was was my was was my race and um he was like man you should come out we, we don't have no hurdlers you should come out for the track team i was like oh word so i walked onto the track team so i couldn't do track and speech so i so i rocked with track for okay for the semester and then um a couple weeks before our first meet i finally got a show and i remember telling like we would with uh with track we would um we would work out in the mornings like mm -hmm. wait room and then three o'clock after classes we practice and then we would uh all study together as a team like seven eight o'clock and the I, I finally got booked on the show on campus and i told my coach like hey i gotta go do the show i ain't gonna make study hall and and she was like oh you gotta decide i say like, what she's like you can't you can't do both i said what she's like you gotta decide and as much as I love track and the idea of being an athlete and all that, I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to do this show. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do this show. Mm. So, so, um, so yeah, it started early on for me. Just, just, um, just wanting to continue this, 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 this path that, that poetry was laying out for me, that my instincts and my intuition was telling me to follow. And, and that my love was just, just fueling me mm. to keep going. So yeah, I was I was young, but then I was only in school for a year and a half because uh, I I got real depressed. My pops wasn't in my life still. Mm -hmm. At this point, it was almost ten years that last time I seen him, and mm -hmm. I was very depressed. And, and it would come out in the poetry. It would mm -hmm. come out. These were the things I I was writing about, and 
they were they were the poems that, that had a lot of love in them. Then there were the poems that had a lot of a lot of anger in them, and a lot of sadness mm-hmm. in them, and uh, or just wondering about life and just mm-hmm. just uh, just these random thoughts of you know why is the world the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was only a school year and a half, flunked out. But when I got home, I, I didn't want to disappoint my mama. I'm like, my mom's didn't spend her money for me to go to school. Here I am back living in her, her basement. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, the only thing I know I'm good at is poetry. Mm-hmm. So I'm get out here in Chicago and figure this thing out. And and I remember just going out and just just trying to get on any and every stage I could. I would, uh, One of my buddies, Damon Williams, he a comedian, relationships, comedian. And he's, oh, man, I seen you do your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, come down to all jokes aside. And I wasn't, again, I wasn't old enough to get in the club. He's like, man, don't worry about, about ID. He was like, put your name on the list. He was like, just wait in the lobby. I'll come get you. So then he he invites me in, and I come in to perform. And 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 then there's comedians uh, like Dion Cole from uh, mm. Hard They Fall and, and Blackish and Lil Rail and uh, my buddy Cootie, who uh, who's directing the, the genius, uh, the Kanye West documentary I was telling you about, and um, D. Ray Davis and mm. uh, Corey Holcomb and Tony Schofield and all these like these great comedians and um, and me like, I, you know, I was doing poetry when it wasn't cool to be doing poetry. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, it wasn't like the cool thing yet. It was. You know, we talking the '90s. We talking mid, mid '90s, late '90s, and Where rap is heavy. Rap is heavy, and and poetry, it it was respected on the underground circuit. You had to find right. pockets where people people had love and respect and was supported. Mm-hmm. But but uh, as far as the the general masses, it was it was still looked looked down upon and looked mm-hmm. at a joke or. Or that's soft, or right. You know, there were times almost getting fights in college. Now here I am going into the lion's den with all the jokesters in the world, some of the coldest, <laughs> funny dude, funny men on, on the planet, mm-hmm. and they embraced me. They showed me the most love, and I was like, oh wow! And it, it it was like one, it, it was surprising, but then it showed me that oh, comedy and poetry are one and the same. You have a person standing alone on the stage with a microphone telling their stories the delivery mm. is different mm. but essentially it's is cut from the same cloth right and, and they they knew that and all of them were, were older than me you know they they five six years older than me mm-hmm. um so they they embraced me but there were moments like that i was just trying to find any and every stage i could just to let people know that that i had something special i knew i had something special so really it was Early on, it was that drive to uh, again just find any and every stage I could. And then when I wasn't being booked, I would book myself. I would go. And, I remember going to talk to uh, Dusable Museum, uh, historical African American Arts Museum here in Chicago, mm-hmm. named after the man who who uh, who uh, founded Chicago. Chicago was founded by a black man, and oh. and I remember going to the museum and with this idea, like, man, I want to do this show. And I didn't have money and they had sponsors. I didn't know anybody. And they gave me the venue for free just based on, on the mission I was on. And I called other friends, poets, singers, dancers, um, uh, MCs, right. friends of mine. Like, look, I'm doing the show at DuSable Museum. Come come rock with me. And we did the show called Young Talent. 
uh, me and my guy Reggie, shout out to uh, my guy, my big brother Reggie. We did this show, and um, and it was uh, it was incredible. The, the newspaper, the Chicago Defender, wrote about it. You know, so now I got a, a, a newspaper article, and it just showed me like when you decide to not wait mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on others to, to make things happen, like create, like if you build it, they will come. So yep. here was something I built, and as a result other people paid attention people came out supported mm -hmm. and uh newspapers wrote about it and and it was just more fuel to keep going okay what's next what's next what's next yeah yeah, yeah. So early yeah it started early 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 so so at what age were you then when you created your own table that was that was uh i was either 19 or 20. i may have been 20 wow. at that point I know I wasn't 21. I still wasn't old enough to get in the club. I know that wow. much. Yeah. Yes. Is, yeah. So it was just, I know, I don't know. It was just, it was just a drive um and, and a voice saying, like, yeah, do this, like you can do this. And right. Um, and I mean, and that comes from uh, you know, being from Chicago, that comes from mm. my family. Uh, Chicago's a very um, it's a blue-collar town, it's a gangster town, but it's also a go-get-it town. It's a it's 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 uh it's just built on on uh like hustle and drive and will and struggle and i remember my grandfather would always say if you can make it in chicago you can make it anywhere and i didn't understand that until i got older but but chicago is so, such a hard town that if you can figure it out and make it here oh you good anywhere else like you sure. heard this, this town it it don't it, it there are no handouts <laughs> like it's, and no handouts and no freebies and no oh oh we like you so here you go it's none of that you gotta right. go get it you gotta mm. go get it and I, i've been um this quote has been on my mind a lot uh mm -hmm. i wrote some years ago it says uh it says you can get in where you fit in or you can make room like Ooh. like you can wait and let let it get in where you fit in right or you can make room like make room and and that was what Chicago taught me. Chicago taught me to make room. Like there is no blueprint, there is no lane. Yeah, there are people that I can look to that I have great admiration for, like Gil Scott Heron and the Last Poets and Maya Angelou and Nikki Giovanni. And there there are great great examples, but I, I wasn't in contact with these people to find out how they got to where they got. Right. Right. So, so for me, it was. Like man, I want to do that. I'm hearing Ursula Rucker on the Roots album. I'm seeing Jessica Care more uh, on Apollo. I'm seeing Saul Williams and Slam. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm already doing my thing. But now I'm seeing Love Jones. I'm, and it was like, okay, make room. If you want to be a part of this, make room. And that's, mm. that's what people need to really understand is, is uh, like you, you have to put it on on your on your on yourself on your own shoulders, and and figure out how do you how can you let people know what it is you do? And you start you you start with where you at. It don't take much. You start with where you at. You let your your family know. You let your friends know. Right. You let your block know. Your city right. know. And you just keep building on that. Just yeah. Building. Yeah. There's a there's a uh, there's a scripture. Uh, you know, your gift will make room for you. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I'm also hearing that uh, you 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 also have to make room with your gift yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah because you know you you could say hey you know i'm a poet but if you hey hey, hey listen i'm a poet 
I'm letting y'all know what 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 this is what this is. You know what I'm saying? So so um in that confidence from Miss Argue and your mom kind of gave you that confidence to say, I'm making room. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They gave me all the confidence in the world. And then and then uh I remember growing, growing in my craft and 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 uh at the time, like the biggest show that I that I that I was booked on was was the Black Expo. Mm. It was the Black Expo or the Women's Black Expo. And it was it was a big event in Chicago. And then they had a big one that they were doing in Indianapolis. And I remember getting booked on that show. And my one of my best friends, he um he drove down from college, my my, uh, my brother Ty Whitaker, T Witt. Mm. And uh, T Witt, he came, he drove them two and a half hours, come check me out, perform. And I remember he he was like, Man, he was like, I'm proud of you. And it just hit me because nobody ever told me they were proud of me, and especially man, my peer. This my my brother. This this my guy. You know this. We born ten days apart, and and like to hear that it it just really it hit me. Um, so it was always um, uh, it's important to surround yourself with people that that um, that believe in you. And that will build you up, people, and and that you're doing that for too. You, you have to be a service to people. You have to, to uh, you know, have people back and, and lift them up and support them and what they're doing. Um, so that that was always it was always important. Then I then I would get love. Then I found this 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 village, this family of poets that I didn't know existed. You know, I felt alone in the world. I felt like I was on this island. I felt like a weirdo. I felt like uh, you know, just just. Um, this this is a loner who 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 wore this this badge of, of poetry like i'm a poet and people to this day people still to this day i tell people i'm a poet I'm like oh man i work you know they don't hear that often mm -hmm. i'm a poet you know like yeah oh okay yeah that's cool but what you do right. i'm a poet yeah yeah I, I get that but like what do you do right i write poetry and then that the third time is when they like oh Oh, he for real. Like, oh wow, I don't hear that. You don't hear that every day. Mm -hmm. but, but it's definitely possible. And then, but early on, it was always people looking at me sideways. Yeah. Or even people that I love. That that's the thing too. Like people project, and uh, and a lot of times people have these fears on them. So the, the same person that would say you're great and amazing, they may have those those uh, those pockets of fear where they don't they can't see what you see. Right. And and like, oh yeah, that's great, but get a real job. Right. That's great. Do that at night. That's great. You know, after you work your job, then then you go and and do your thing on the side. But no, nah, this has to be it. Like, yeah. you to, like you have to commit to it, sacrifice for it, nurture it, and and just really, really just uh, just know. Like you have to yeah. know that it's gonna happen. You have to believe in it. Yeah. So it has to work, or it has to work. That's it. It has to, and it will. It will. Yeah. To me, that was always my belief. And then I was, I would look at, look at uh, older people in my family who mm -hmm. had dreams mm -hmm. and had incredible gifts. And me, I didn't want to be a 60, 70, 80, mm -hmm. 100 year old man looking back on my life like, man, what would have happened if I would have tried? If I would have just tried, if I would have just went after, what would have happened? So instead of having that existence, I decided to. Like, I'm going to go after it now. Mm. Even though I don't have no money, even though uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it's hard out here in these streets, even right. though uh, 
I'm, I'm fighting against this this uh, stereotype of or these stereotypes of poetry not being cool, the poetry being soft, the poetry being, mm. uh, you know, poets poets are always broke and they die poor. No, nah, that that's not that's not going to be my story. Mm. We don't subscribe to that. We don't. Yeah. On no day. Yeah. <laughs> On no day. You know, I, I wonder what people really think or believe the word purpose means. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, you know, so many people believe in God and so many p people believe that, you know, you can have a calling or, or, or you know, uh, have a purpose for your life. But do they really is the you know what I'm saying? Do, do they really? Because if they really did, they would put more stock into their purpose because you only get one life. Right. And and you were put on this earth for and with a purpose yeah. to do something with. And, and this is where the gift comes in. The gift is tied to your purpose. He gave you the gift. So so you can use the gift to pursue your purpose that he gave you. You know what I'm saying? Like so yeah. so to neglect or to sit on that purpose because you got bills is like do you really believe? Hey man, fear is a hell of a drug. Man, fear is a hell of a drug. I've seen fear kill dreams. And I'm I'm a strong believer in and that we've all been blessed with gifts. We all yeah. have, we all have genius inside of us. We all have like the, an extreme, unique ability mm -hmm. to to touch people in a way, to have an, a, a profound effect on people in a way that no one else can. Like they they'll impact them, they'll inform and impact people mm -hmm. the way they can. But but you like you have something that will touch people in a way. And only you can and 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 i look at it like okay we were we were placed here during this time yeah you know we, we we're living here right now during during this time mm -hmm. with, with this set of gifts surrounded by people that were surrounded by like i i believe that that we all have a purpose mm -hmm. um even even um when I when I was on Never Let Me Down, that that's I started that poem with with that with that idea. Like we're all here for a reason, on a particular path. You don't need a curriculum to know that you're a part of the math. You don't need school or people or anything to tell you that you have a purpose. Like we you here for a reason, and but at the same time, fear kills dreams. I've seen the coders of the coders of the coders um, that are you know didn't maybe didn't feel that it could happen or or life took some turns uh and, and and they didn't they didn't stay on course or or just got exhausted like it's it, it definitely it definitely gets uh the road is long yeah know, long that burnout it, yeah people burn out and i've seen it I've, I've been close to it i've i've been tired i've been at rock bottom i've been like damn what am i doing like this ain't mm. going the way i feel like it should be going but but thank God for, for me and, and and thank God for um for being surrounded by 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 the support system that I have. It was always either somebody by my side or or somebody or 
or or or the ancestors opening up doors or somebody calling my phone that with was something an opportunity or or again creating our own like okay let me let me dust my my, my shoulders off and get back on and and, mm-hmm. and make something happen it was always something to keep me going yeah and yeah. and the times i can look back at so i'm 45 now i can look back at at 30 feeling like like damn what am i doing i'm not where i'm supposed to be and mm-hmm. i look back now i'm like man I'm, my career is at its best now right so why was i tripping then like why was i tripping like things were great when i look back <laughs> but we get caught up in age we get caught up in in expectation we get caught up in and, and and people's projections and their fears and 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 listening to even I may be somebody you love and trust um and would and, and would die for but or live for mm. and, and they come in with 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 their opinion their 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 uh 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 suggestions about what you should be doing with your life mm-hmm. sometimes it, they be on point sure. but you gotta you gotta be able to decipher you gotta have yeah. discernment to know okay this is this is good i can take this this man i love you too but that mm-hmm. ain't that ain't for me like yeah you, you got to be able to draw the line yeah okay all right so <clears throat> this is very good this this is because i'm 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 feeling full you know um and i know those who are listening and watching they're listening and watching intently uh so is it the the keep going mentality that got you connected to the people that you're connected to how did you get connected to kanye and this person and that person and and with that question did you ever feel different or less than celebrities you know what i'm saying like how are they how are they pursuing their purpose and their passion and and i can't do it well man i will my first thought is people are people are people so i i don't put anybody above or below yep. like we we all family we all connect because you know we like to praise celebrities yeah like i just look at it like man that, that's my brother that's my sister mm-hmm. like, like that's that's family so i don't i don't look at it like oh mm-hmm. I, that's just me um but I, as far as connecting um it all, it all starts with energy like everything we do is is energy it's um it's it's uh what what people feel um is what what it what's what moves you is what connects you to certain situations connects you to certain people um and it also goes back to to purpose and 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 destiny and things happening for a reason back to that instinct so my instinct it was it was guiding me alone and and i ended up doing deaf poetry and this is actually the 20-year anniversary december um 21 is the 20-year anniversary so i was on the first season of deaf poetry i was on the third episode which which uh which aired december 28 2001 and and that was a just a long beautiful journey but but it was it was uh like everything happened for a reason here i was they were at the time they were doing competitions around, mm-hmm. around uh the country 
and and me and my me and my my girl at the time, my wife now, uh, Tari Ture, incredible singer, songwriter, just a beautiful human being. We had moved to Nashville to pursue pursue our music career, pursue just pursue our careers, and and we had met a manager down there, and we were doing songwriting and doing shows. I actually opened up for Gil Scott Heron in Nashville, so man, like really really. Uh, really great to us man it meant much love to nashville like it was a huge boost to how we felt that we wanted people to to um to treat us as artists and mm -hmm. and they they showed us that love so i remember um so when they had this competition they they hit chicago and i didn't know anything about the competition um nobody told me but mm -hmm. i got like 20 30 calls after the fact like oh man jay you missed it uh, the, the folks from New York were here. Folks from HBO were here. Um, you know, Deaf Poetry—they they were all here, and 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 um, and everybody was like, "Where's Jay Ivy? Where's Jay Ivy?" So I missed it. Nobody called me about it. Uh, later on, I, I heard that people were told not to call me about it. But um, oh. yeah, it was one of them one of them things, and um, uh, which I don't understand. I don't get, but it is what it is. You, you understand? They know you was gonna I'm kill it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I like I don't I don't understand because I feel like there's enough room for everybody. There's enough room. There's enough room for everybody. So um being bummed out, feeling like I missed my opportunity. Tari was like, man, why don't we just go out to LA? I got a voucher for a ticket. Let's go to LA. So we went out to LA, work on some music, work with uh some producer friends of ours. But when we went, um uh my manager let his one of his friends know. And she's like, oh wow, that just happens to be my my um my birthday um weekend. And I'm having a party and I've been trying to tell people about what it is that Jay does, but I just can't explain it. They just have to see him. You think he wanna perform at the party? Oh yeah, man, let's kick it. So we go. She live she live up in the hills and oh damn, this is dope. Like, so we kicking it, having a good time, eating, drinking, perform. Just had a great time. Come back home, get a call from uh, my name's Michelle. Get a call from Michelle a week later. Like, man, so uh, so my father, he was at my um, at, at my barbecue, and I don't. She was. Have you heard this show called uh, Deaf Poetry? I was like, yeah, I've been hearing about that. I've been trying to figure out how to get on it, and she's like, well, my father, he's best friends with Stan Lathan, who's directing the show, and and him and Stan had lunch and he told Stan all about you. Now Stan wants to meet you. He wants to see you perform. She's like, you think you get back out here? I'm like, I'm in my mind, I'm broke, but I'm like, I'm gonna find a way back out there. Mm -hmm. And then the very next day I get a call out the blue from um, another friend named Bruce Jones. And Bruce Jones is like, man, Jay, um, man, I got this show. It's like, he's he's like, it's, uh, it's, I don't have a lot of money, but I can pay, I can, you know, get your flight and get a hotel for you and mm -hmm. put your name on a flyer. He was like, is that the Knitting Factory in, in, in Hollywood? And I was like, man, when is it? Because I had four weeks to get back out there to see Stan. Mm -hmm. I was like, when is it? He was like, it's in three weeks. I was like, man, I'm there. Mm -hmm. I go, do the show. We invite Stan out and Stan actually came out to see me perform. Wow. And then I ended up on Deaf Poetry. And um, like it was, it that was an example of like, you know, energy, like just mm -hmm. drawing me. Mm -hmm. And then and then having that support system of like, hey, it's gonna be all good. Like, we good. Let's just keep moving. Let's just keep moving. That was the key. Keep moving. Don't don't soak in it. Don't oh, you know, don't don't um just give in to the to to the loss. Yeah. Right. So then uh so when I went to go do deaf poetry, um, there just happened to be 
some of the homies from Chicago that were there and my buddy Cootie and John Monopoly and B. Cole and uh, a few other people. And and when they saw me, they were like, man, you because when I got on, I didn't tell nobody. I just went, mm-hmm. you know, I just went, I'm mm-hmm. going to go. So then I get out there and then um that I'm running to them. They like, oh man, Jay, you on this? I was like, yeah. It was like, man, what show you on? It was it was two tapings. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, I'm on the second show. They was like, oh man, we sitting in the front row, Chicago style. I was like, all right, okay, all right, no, that'll be dope. That'll be dope. You know what I mean? <laughs> man, when I walked down on that stage, the whole left front row was all Chicago. And and now I had opportunity to rock. I felt some comfort. I felt home. I felt um just that love that i needed in the moment and then after that me and cootie mm-hmm. and cootie we we just started building cootie was one of the like i was saying earlier he was at the comedy show early on you know the comedy club all jokes aside mm-hmm. he's one of the comedians i got cool with i was seeing him around the scene see him at different parties and we was just cool and passing because he five years older than me we got our different crews different mm-hmm. so we didn't hang together on daily but uh when i did that poetry he was like man jay you need to get out here to new york you should move you should move man you'll do well out here so maybe like seven eight months later i ended up moving mm. and when i when i landed me and cootie we kicking it every day now mm-hmm. but then cootie now he he's documenting kanye so he he's he's uh he's with him every day so now now i'm kicking it with kanye i met him i met kanye in chicago briefly but now we all just we all this was just the Chicago crew in New York. This like 2002, and and it was uh, it was like maybe a few weeks after I got there is when Kanye got his record deal, and and um then maybe a month later is when he went to L.A. working on music and he he got in that car accident. Mm. But before that, it was like we were building in the studio. I performed, you know. He he knew my work and you know he knew I was on Deaf Poetry and it was just it was Cootie and. There was another one of our buddies, old school Ice Gree, incredible MC from Abstract Mind State, this group, Abstract Mind State. Um, a buddy, JB Marshall, my girl, Tari Teray, he moved out there. So it was just the Chicago crew. And um, it was really just love. Like it was really, we were all very excited for everybody mm. else, like ourselves, but we were excited to see that everybody was making moves. Mm-hmm. It was again. It goes back to just this beautiful energy, and um, this this connection, this love. So, so um, when Kanye got in the accident, he he had Cootie come to L.A. and Cootie, a couple of days later, called me like, "Yo, man, Kanye got this song with him and Jay Z on it. He want to put a poet on it." And I told him he need to put Jay Ivy on it. I'm like, "Man, come on, man, stop playing." I'm like, "That ain't funny." He's like, "No, nah, for real." He's like, "You need to get to L.A. right now." So he played the song for me over the phone. I really couldn't hit a word. So, so Cootie telling me what Jay Z saying in his verse, telling me what Kanye saying in his verse, and he like, Jay, man, get out of here. I was like, I'm gonna find a way. Mm. So I hung up the phone, and uh, my first thought was, you need to write something right now. And that's another key, like don't overthink things. So I was writing. I just happened to be writing when he called me. So I turned to a blank page, wrote the date down. I wrote Never Let Me Down, the title. And then I wrote first thing that came to my mind. We all here for a reason, a particular path. You don't need a curriculum. Know that you're part of the math. And my mind went completely blank. I'm like, man, this ain't the time for writer's block. <laughs> so then I started banging on the page. I was like, God, I need a piece right now. I was like, please give me one right now. Put my hand back to the page. My hand just started writing, writing, writing. I wrote a full page. Turned the page over, wrote a few more lines. I stopped. I read over the piece. I was like, man, it's kind of hot. 
So I, I, I read over like four or five times. I called Cootie back in 10 minutes, like, dog, listen to this. So I spit the poem from over the phone. He's like, oh, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. So he was like, man, hold on, Jay. So he goes in another room and it's like music loud, people are loud. He's like, Jay, I'm putting you on speakerphone. Spit the piece again. So I spit the poem again. Like I'd done it a million times already. Mm-hmm. And when I finished, the whole room was like, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm in Brooklyn, broke by myself. Like, what's good? What's happening? You know, like, what's going on? So then, then I hear Kanye. Kanye like, man, Jay, spit it again. I spit it again. Spit it again. I spit it again. Spit it again. I did the joint for like a half hour. Pieces a minute long. So I did it over and over and over again. And then Cootie finally got back on the phone. He was like, Jay, guess what? I'm like, what? He was like, Kanye flying you out here tomorrow. I said, I found my way. Found my way. So then mm-hmm. they say, I know I'm on a plane. And and I get to LA and and uh, ended up re- recording. I'm, now I'm hearing the song. I'm in the booth. And I'm hearing the song for the first time. And I'm like, man, like this is really Jay-Z on this record. <laughs> and we all knew what Kanye was about to do. We knew right, right. he was special. So to be on the record with Jay-Z and Kanye West, and now here's this space for me, here's this space for Jay Ivey, here's this space for poetry. Like it was an incredible feeling. Like it was an incredible feeling. And um, and and you know, the album went on to come triple platinum and won a Grammy. And I uh like to this day, people send me pictures with the, the lyrics tattooed to their arms and shit. Like I've seen like at least like probably close to like 15 tattoos. Of people with with my words on you know on their on, on their body and it's mm-hmm. like like it's just amazing to see how far the poetry can go how far uh or how much of an impact you can have on people it's, it's incredible mm-hmm. and then just a little side note the same night that i recorded is is a night um so we listened to never let me down a million times and kanye was like you heard the singing that john stevens i was like yeah i've been hearing about him in new york He's like, let me play you a song. So he plays a song. Song's incredible, soulful, beautiful song. So then um an hour later, John Stevens walks in the studio. And I was like, oh man, I didn't know he was there. So I'm like, what up, man? I'm Jay Ivy, I'm poet from Chicago. I heard your music. It's like it's amazing. I was like, sound like the music from the old school. Sound like the music my folks used to listen to back in the day. I was like, dog, you sound like one of the legends. I was like, you a legend, you a legend. Matter of fact, that's what I'm gonna call you from now on. I'm gonna call you the legend. So I started calling him John the Legend, John the Legend. So a couple of we still in the studio. We're in the lounge, it's like 10, 12 of us in the lounge, and in walks John Stevens, and everybody's shouting him out. John Stevens in the building, John Stevens in the house. What up, John Stevens? I was like, John Legend. And everybody looked at me, they look back at him. But at, oh, uh, it was like, oh man, oh man, you you John Legend from now on. And Kanye was the main one. You John Legend from now on. So that's how John Stevens got the name John Legend. Wow. So move, just move. You gotta move in your purpose. You gotta move in it. You gotta move in it. Yeah. And 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 I'm also hearing keep moving no matter how fast or slow. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep moving, but just don't stop. Hey, what they say, slow motion better than no motion. Ooh. Yeah. Poet Life University welcomes you to the world of creation, thoughts, expertise, and professionalism by offering technical knowledge, practical support creative encouragement, and whatever it takes for you to create the poetry career that you've always desired, but never knew was possible. And the best part is we have professional poets from around the world as professors to teach you everything they've learned throughout their poetry careers. We are currently offering several eight-week live courses that will help you gain a deep understanding of poetry, become confident in your work as a poet and writer, 
Learn how to start your own business with the help of an expert. Enjoy the freedom that comes from being able to pursue what you love on your terms. Are you ready to take your poetry to the next level? Learn with others by doing for the future from the comfort of your home. Get in touch with us at www.poetlifeuniversity.com and enroll today. Yeah, man, that, that that's so key, you know, because when you start slowing down, a lot of people are like, I guess this is it. I, yeah. I, I guess my 15 minutes is up, so I'm going to just stop right here. You know what I'm saying? Where where it's no, 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 no. That's just a season. Yeah, it's just a season. It, it's just a season and in the winter and the, the fall time things slow down a little bit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it'll be spring, it's summertime again. Absolutely. Them flowers yeah. grow, those seeds will grow. That's and true. people are watching, people are paying attention. People whether you know you you'll never know, but people are they they in tune with you more than you know. The more than you, you might, ever know. You might see that you got five likes, but there's mm -hmm. people, it's like 15 people watching. They might not have liked it, but trust me when I tell you, they're watching. Oh, yeah, they watching. They watching for sure. So the nomination, brother, yes, the nomination, yeah. that was for the project. Which project? You tell me. It's called Catching Dreams Live in Fort Knox, Chicago. Okay. And uh, it's currently nominated for best spoken word album alongside LeVar Burton, Don Cheadle, Dave Chappelle, Amir Suleiman, and Mr. President Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's the category. That's where we at right now. Right. So, so who and what gave you the audacity to, <laughs> to submit spoken word into the spoken word category Yeah, <laughs> of well, spoken word? Yeah. Yeah, man, I've been on. Um, so I was introduced to the to uh, the Recording Academy membership maybe like seven years ago, right. and I, when I didn't know there was membership, and and they were looking to, you know, they were doing outreach to artists in the community, and so I was, oh wow, this membership, okay, but what does that entail? So, um, you know, you had to have a certain amount of credits, and and you know, membership it. it it was only like a hundred bucks a year, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like a, a, a big strain on becoming a member. Um, so then after I became a member, they, um, and then you can vote. Like once, once you're a member, you can, you can vote on the awards. So I started to learn the process like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm voting on what, what will win. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a peer driven uh, award. So then, um, so then I, I got hip to, uh, there was a, I got reached back out to and they said, man, have you ever thought about running for the board? I was like, there's a board. So what I learned is there's 12 chapters that make up the recording Academy and the, the Chicago chapter, which represents the Midwest, you know, every chapter has a board. So I ended up running for the board, got on the board. And, and that's when I, I just started learning more and more about the process. So then they, they were like, man, you ever thought about running for president of the board? I said, Pre I just got here. I was, I was there maybe on the board three years. So then I ended up running, and I was, and then I was the president for the past two years, from nineteen to twenty-one, for to June of twenty-one. I was president, and out of the twelve chapters, I was the first poet to ever hold a president seat in the history of the Grammys. So that just put me in a room, and it put it put poetry in the room. It gave it gave us uh, uh, one of us from the community was in in the in the room um, to one to learn 
to voice our concern, to say, look, we don't know about this. Um, outreach needs to be better. Um, so when I learned that there was a, a spoken word category, and then I saw the history of the other mm -hmm. spoken word mm -hmm. category. Like, man, poets, we like we ne we never in that. Like we, you know, it, it, and right now is defined where it includes audiobooks and storytelling mm -hmm. along with poetry. Mm -hmm. But historically, we're going up against uh, presidents, presidents, politicians, and uh, uh, celebrities, and so it's, it's all these 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 people with machines behind mm -hmm. them. So last mm -hmm. year, or this this year, Rachel Maddow from uh, or Maddox from uh, uh, MSNBC won Best Spoken Word Album. Two years ago, Michelle Obama won Best Spoken Word Album. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and Jimmy Carter's won years. Uh, Barack Obama's won. So it's like why we love these people and admire these people when it comes to the art form that we know that is spoken word. Like, mm -hmm. that's not it. So we need to fix this. Mm -hmm. Like, they should have their own category. But this isn't spoken word. So um, so I've been working diligently for the past five years to get them to split the category. And um, and and part of that, part of the, getting them to split is just showing that poets are out here. We're doing our thing. We have albums that we're producing and and uh, and and we have albums that are that we're able to submit. Mm -hmm. So um, so this past this this year, like we went on a huge campaign. I set up a meeting with the Recording Academy and leaders in the spoken word community. So you have folks like Jessica Care Moore and Malcolm Jamal Warner and Brandon Leak and, uh, and, and Black Ice and um, Sonny Patterson and Talam AC and all these you know folks on the call, heavy hitters that could, um, uh, Red Storm, folks who could one, learn about the process, but two, ask questions, voice concern, and um, it was a very, very positive, powerful uh, um, meeting. And, and then from there, we we uh, just went on a campaign to inform poets, like, look, mm -hmm. you got an album done, make sure you submit it. If you don't have an album done, you need to get one done because we need to show the Recording Academy that we're out here so mm -hmm. we can get this category split. And then every year you see five poets nominated mm -hmm. and a poet at home a Grammy. Like, that changes the game, in my opinion. Right. Right. So um, not that we need validation, but it helps shine a light on this incredible art form. It's a huge platform. It's big as right. night music. Everybody pays attention to it. Right. And, and, and it's, it's, it's dope. It's incredible. So let's let's uh, let's align when, when we mm -hmm. can align and and let's let's take over our category. It's, it's, it's right. that's word. That's what that's us. So let's right. go. Let's go get that. Yeah. Um, so this year, like the, the goal was to get 100 projects uh, submitted and, my, and myself, I was able to, to sit myself. I submitted mm -hmm. um, when you're a voting member, you can submit as many projects as you want. So wow. I can submit my own and that'd be it. If there's another project that I love, I can submit that. So uh, me, myself, I submitted 50 projects this year wow. with, with the hopes of showing the Academy like, look, we here. Like the poets, we're here, and and next year, when when it comes time for the awards next year, my hope, wish, and prayer is that we had this category split by then. So next year, there's five nominations happening. So I submitted my project as well. Um, I had an album come out last year called Catching Dreams, which I absolutely love and proud of. It's, it's just a beautiful um, uh, representation of poetry and music and 
I'm just really proud. Like some incredible uh, musicians uh, played a part on it, and and uh, uh, folks from all over the world. And and and, and catching dreams is really just this story. A, a lot about what we're talking about. To me, um, when when I write, uh, one of the things I do is I, I quiet myself, mm -hmm. and it's like meditation. I'm I'm, I'm listening, and and I, I'm uh, I'm just trying to catch what I hear as much mm -hmm. as possible. And and through that, I, I I catch this these poet this poetry. I catch these stories, and and then throughout life, poetry is guiding me along. Where I've been able to catch these experience, these experiences, this, these uh, mm -hmm. these, like poetry is taking me everywhere. Everywhere I've been has been because of poetry. So those were dreams as well. So I'm using the poetry to, to uh, you know, I'm catching dreams with the poetry, but I'm also using that gift to tell these stories about these dreams that I've caught. And I, I mean, I just absolutely love this album. So we weren't able to tour with the album. So this year we said, man, let's get a band together. Let's 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 do a film. Let's film this concert. Mm. But we we did a concert film earlier this year, but we also recorded it um, as far as like the audio. Right. And, and then we we got that audio mixed and mastered, and then I put it out as an album, and then I submitted it uh, to the Grammys, not knowing, not having any idea. Again, I'm looking at next year. I'm really like, okay, here's another project to show them that we here. And then when the nominations were announced, man, I lost my mind. Lost my mind. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So, so um, the audacity came from just uh, wanting to show that that uh, man. One, I believe in the project. That's that's first right. and foremost. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. really, in it. and I I really think it's special. But then it was also man. Let's let's show them like poets. Like mm -hmm. man, let's mm -hmm. pop up and show them um, because. You know, like like you, you know, um, the mission that you're on. It's important mm -hmm. that that we continue to show the world, show the masses mm -hmm. that poetry is 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 a um, incredible art form that that changes lives, it saves mm -hmm. lives, it really it really uh, uh, pushes people forward. It gives them inspiration, motivates them to be better. It changes perspective. It gives people hope. It, mm -hmm. it gives love. It gives joy. It gives all these different things. It gives life. Like poetry speaks life, and um, that that was the mission I was on, and and now uh, you know I I get to represent that art form on uh on on the Grammy stage and mm. part of these nominees, and it's it's incredible. And big big shout out to my brother Amir Suleiman, who's also mm -hmm. another phenomenal phenomenal poet, who's nominated nominated along with Dave Chappelle, and uh, to have two poets nominated. It's uh it's historic. It's, it's very historic to see that happen. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but 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 next year we looking for all five spots. And so the poets out there, let's man, go. Get your albums done. Get your albums done. If you're not a member, get at me. Hit me up. Uh, J underscore Ivy is my my IG. I can get you the info. Um uh, uh or the, or I'll let you know like the info that I would need. Because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. next year we gonna have people that's submitting. On behalf of those who aren't members, and then that's the next goal is is uh is is for poets to become members, mm -hmm. so they get their projects and poets that they know, so we can just continue to to thrive and and, and put out great art mm. that um that would impact people and push the culture forward. Gotcha. That's that's, that's that's amazing, man. And and so 
So we have Poet Life University where mm -hmm. we teach poets how to do more with their poetry, how to launch a career in poetry, right? And if you look at the bottom, it says uplifting the poetry community, but yeah. we're also building the poetry industry. I want poets to say poetry industry more often. Yeah. Because if you think about rap, I don't care how bad good the rapper is, they'll say, I'm working on my what? My my poetry, I'm sorry, their rap career. Right. How often do you hear a poet say, my poetry career? Right. Right. You know That's what I'm saying? That it's mindset. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'll we'll always say poetry community. Mm-hmm. Right. But but if we believe in this art, we got to know that it's an industry as well. Right. You know what That's I'm saying? True. So 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 be with me on saying industry more often, you know, because, again, that small word, that small word will change the mindsets of the layperson as it relates to poetry. Those that are not in the poetry industry. You know, they're like, okay, all right, they're taking, they're taking this, they're taking this thing serious. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, so I appreciate everything that you're doing, man. Uh, I didn't know, I knew you were nominated, but I didn't know you were the president of the board, and the, yeah. you know, um, that's I'm the trustee now. So yeah, so so I'm in, I'm in the room. This is, I'm, you know, so now I meet nationally. So, so we represented in the room. So definitely, if, if uh concerns ideas any of that let me know so i can yeah pass that on the reason i brought up the poet life university is because of this um um what it would be great take a look at your calendar to see if you have some time to where we can actually we can actually put together a a class mm -hmm. uh for poets to learn how to submit or one create a poetry album yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because not a lot of people or poets know, but also to submit because I've looked it up. There's deadline in, in, in yeah. this month. And then after this, you got to do this to do that. Right. Right. Um, and a lot of poets won't submit because they think it's it's the Grammys. It got to be difficult. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not. Exactly. It's not. And we and we have to think of ourselves in, in, a, on a, on a, in a on a higher level. Exactly. On a higher plane, we have to know that any, I mean, if you're a poet, you know that anything is possible. Yep. So including this. For sure. For sure. We're going we're gonna to put some things in place, man. First of all, I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. I want to be respectful of your time. I know you're super busy, man. As a matter of fact, the first time we were supposed to record this episode was the day you were nominated. Yeah, got crazy. Got crazy. You know I was like, yeah. let me let me let him celebrate. I'm not even going to yeah. hit him up. <laughs> he got crazy that day. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure, bro. So I, I just appreciate you carving out some time and, and, and being willing enough to share the backstory and the information and the knowledge that you have because someone's watching and listening to this and saying, OK, it is possible. Yeah, I didn't. I can. I can submit for the Grammys. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, and that's why we do what we do here at the Poet Life, man. So, um, I want to stay connected with you. You know, um, um, because I, I, I will say this: uh, the Poet Life is also going for a Grammy next 
come next on. year too. Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. So, let's so you, right, you've inspired us. You know what I'm saying? You've inspired us. As a matter of fact, we're going to do it. You, are you familiar with the Wow, uh, the gospel like collaboration CDs? It's like volumes of them. I don't um, know what it's just like an acronym, but I can't remember what, what it is. But but basically, all of the top artists uh, they come together on this on these on these well when there were CDs, um, and, and they make collaboration CDs. So that's what I'm looking to do is to make a collaborative um album with poets around the world yeah it's powerful so if we win more than one spoken word artist wins a grammy come on come you know on. what i'm saying powerful. yeah man so uh just want to put that in in your ear there man so listen everybody uh matter of fact uh what, what do you have going on for 2022 uh so i mean we're working on the tour for catching dreams so be looking out for that. Sweet. Uh, I'm the lead writer on the film Genius, a Kanye West trilogy, which will be on Netflix in February. Uh, I'm in this uh, new show just premiered on on um, NBC the other day called The Grand Crew. So I, I'm on an episode of that. Uh, got a new album coming. Mm -hmm. um, still working on the title for that, but that'll be coming in February. And... Uh, Oh, and then and then Tari Teray's new album. So my wife, I, I co-wrote and co-produced her album, which is absolutely incredible. Um, so if y'all into some just beautiful, beautiful, soulful music, mm -hmm. uh, she um, will be putting her album out uh, also in February. So be looking out for that, Tari Teray. And man, right now, that's that's uh, I mean, it's some other projects that we develop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. More documentaries working on. Um, I'm the resident poet of the Ernie Barnes Foundation. I'm not sure if y'all should know mm -hmm. familiar with Ernie Barnes. Let me uh y'all know Ernie Barnes. Let's see. Ernie Barnes, the great, the iconic Ernie Barnes. Oh right. So the resident poet of the Ernie Barnes Foundation. So that, that's the that's the um that's the uh, the the portrait on, on Good Times, right? Good Times, yeah. So he used to do all the artwork for for JJ on Good Times. Wow. Um, so I'm the resident poet of the Ernie Barnes Foundation. So we're doing a lot of work with uh with Ernie Barnes. Um, uh, God bless me. He passed in 2010. He was a friend mm -hmm. and mentor before he passed. And yeah, just working, man, working. Cause it's gonna keep on uh, uh, keep hitting them and keep moving. I love it. I love it, man. Is that your own merch? What's that? This no, nah, this leaders. But we okay. got new, yeah, we got merch coming on uh, top of the year too. So we'll be looking out for that. All right, perfect, perfect. Good stuff, yeah. man. Look, everybody, go follow Jay Ivy, J underscore Ivy. Go follow him right now and, and, and just show him some love. Throw him a comment, some likes, and some DMs, some some productive DMs, please. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh uh thank you all for watching and listening to the Poet Life Podcast. We're doing what Jay Ivy said. We're keep on going. We're keeping on going. And no matter how fast or slow, we want you to do the same thing. So next year, we'll start now, though. Start now. And, and as a matter of fact, how I learned about uh, the process of the Grammys, I went to YouTube and like literally did a search on how to submit. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's, it's a white gentleman. I can't remember his name, but he's explaining 
He's yeah. explaining how to submit to to the Grammys, but we're going to put some work on our end and we're yeah. going to put something together to where we can kind of uh, um, explain how to submit because we want poets from everywhere to submit to Absolutely. the Grammys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, oh, when is the announcement? January 31st. January 31st. Yeah. yeah. All right. So so I, I, I got a plan because I, I want just like we were like really doing some major things to push Brandon on America, uh, uh, America's Got Talent. Yeah. We're going to do the same thing for you and everybody um, uh, being connected to that spoken word category. So um, look, man, thank you so much. Yes, it's the Life Podcast. Uh, if, if you're connected to, to anything Jay Ivey's going, got going on, keep on pushing him, man, because he's pushing yeah. the culture forward. It's the Poet Life yeah. Podcast. Jay Ivey, thank you so much. I appreciate you, I brother. Much love. Go, get, go grab some vinyl, too. Catching dreams. Go grab oh, some you got vinyl. vinyl, too? Come on, man. Come on. J-Ivey.com. Go grab that. Go grab that. <laughs> That's fine. Jay Ivey, man, I appreciate you, brother. Y'all yes, have sir. a good evening. Have a good weekend. Yes, sir. Much love. Peace. Find a way, find a way Ain't got no time now You in the way, 